Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. So last week we started with a, with a sermon that God really put on my heart called Who's With You in a Boat? And I was, I was journeying about the scripture uh, or about the, the story about Jesus sleeping in a boat. And God gave me a tremendous word about, Henny, where's your peace in life? Do you live from a place of peace or do you live from a place of fear? And, and I started reading through the scriptures and God just birthed an amazing sermon. And, and I think um, for those of you, I mean, I was blessed by the sermon. And I really felt this week as well that God's not leaving me with the word of peace. That I need to continue it one more week and just speak about peace. Because it's such a burden for me at this moment because people are struggling. I mean, we um, spoke to two psychologists um, and they say they, they are working more lately with children dealing with anxiety and fear than ever before. And it's something in our society that, that for me is just not right. I mean, when I was 10, 11, 12 years old, I never thought there was something like anxiety. But nowadays, with, the, with, with, with all the blue screens and the, and the devices and, and children spending more, times on, more time on, 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 on social media and all these things, our brains are developing differently. And it's been a challenge uh, more than ever before. So last week, I ended with um, a scripture out of Romans 12, verse 2, that says, Don't be conformed by this world, or by the ways of this world, or by the ways people think, but be transformed by... The renewal of our mind. Joyce Meyer wrote an amazing book that was a world-renowned book that was called The Battlefield of the Mind. And why was it a world-renowned, best-selling book worldwide? Because there's a battle in our mind, the way we think. People struggle to get loose from things in their lives because they don't know how to think themselves out of it. God gave us incredible creative brain. He gave us a brain that, that we only use 10% of. And just think of if we can use more of it. And I know the Scientologists and all these guys who don't believe in God have all these stories about what can we do when we can use 100% of our brain. We can be gods. Not true. But we will grasp the true infinity of what God has given us as sons of God. And therefore we need a mind change. There need to be a metanoia. Change the way you think. So, we live in a digital information age. I don't know if you've known about that. <laughs> we have more information now on a daily basis that's unending than people had 20 years ago or 30 years ago. I mean, 25 years ago, just more than 25 years ago, I was in matric. Was it more? It was more than 25. 30 years ago, I was in matric and I, I didn't even have a cell phone yet. I mean, I didn't even know there were cell phones. Till I get to my first, second, third year in the university, I got my first cell phone, a nice little brick that you can nowadays kill people with. <laughs> so, so nowadays, people grow up differently, uh, children grow up differently, we live differently because we are in an information age where we have so much information that it's almost too much. It's just almost too much. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I just get to a place where I just say, I, I just need a break. I just need peace, just, just for 10 minutes. I, have you ever been there? I mean, I just feel sometimes I need to switch off my phone. Somebody once said to me, do you know the iPhone has an off, off button? Uh, your, your cell phone actually has an off button. Just switch it off and leave it there for a while. 
But see, I believe there's a longing for peace that's an inherent need for us as Christians. We are born with it. And just as we are born with the spiritual void and a need for God in our lives, I think we are born with the spiritual need to have peace in our lives. I really believe it. I read this story uh, this week. It was quite amazing. I started reading up on peace and I just thought, Lord, just, can you just educate me and teach me more about peace out of your scripture and what the power of peace is because I believe that peace is so powerful. Now it says the following. I'm just going to read it and you can, you can listen. It's actually a true story. It says, long ago a man saw the perfect picture of peace. Have you ever thought about that? The perfect picture of peace. If I can paint a picture of peace, what will be the perfect picture? Now, not finding one that, he, that, that satisfied him, he announced a contest to produce this masterpiece. Can somebody produce this masterpiece that will show us how peace looks like? So the challenges stirred the imaginations of artists everywhere and paintings arrived from far and wide and finally the great day of, revela of re um, revelation arrived. The judges uncovered one peaceful scene after another while the viewers clapped and cheered but the tension grew. Only two pictures remained veiled. And as a judge pulled the cover off from one, a hush fell over the crowd. A, mir a mirror-smooth lake reflected lacy green colors under the soft blush of the evening sky. Along with the grassy shore, a flock of sheep grazed undisturbed. Surely, this was the winner. But the man with the vision uncovered the second painting himself, and a crowd gasped in surprise. Could this be peace? A massive waterfall rolled down a rocky cliff. The crowd could almost feel its cold, penetrating spray. In the midst of the thundering noise and a bitter chill, a spindly tree clung to a rock at the edge of the falls. One of its branches reached out in front of the rushing waters as it foolishly seeking to experience its full power. A little bird had his nest in the elbow of that branch. Content and undisturbed in her stormy surroundings, she rested on her eggs. With her eyes closed and her wings ready to cover her little ones, she manifested peace that trans transcends all earthly turmoil. Isn't that amazing? If we intentionally look for peace, we will find in the nature that's surrounding us. You see, God's creation is filled with peace all over. Just go into Yonkers Hook, walk up to the mountain and close your eyes and listen. And you'll hear peace. It's incredible. Every time I wind up there with my mountain bike and I'm alone, I just sometimes stop for just two minutes and I just close my eyes and I listen. And it's just a sound of silence. Just the river rushing through underneath the valley. You see, I've never seen a bird trying to nest with anxiety. Have any one of you seen a bird trying to nest with stress and anxiety? I've never seen a lion stalking its prey with stress. Will I catch this prey or not? What if I don't catch this prey? I've never seen that. You see, God's nature and how He created things is created with peace. See, the only part of God's creation that struggles with this is us. God's masterpiece of His creation struggles with peace. We struggle with anxiety. We struggle with, with things that keeps us from that true place of peace in God. 
to prove this, the Norwegian Academy of Science with the history of uh, the, 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 the Department of History in England, Egypt and Germany and India all have come up with the startling information looking at the history of men, of man. Since 3,600 3, years before Christ, the world has only known 290 years of peace. Only 290 years of peace. And during this period, there have been 14,351 wars. Large ones, small ones, in which 3.6 billion people died. You see, the value of property destroyed during that wars would pay for a golden belt that can go around earth, and that belt will be 100 miles wide and 33 miles thick. Think, think about that. Then it says, since 650 years before Christ, there have been 8,000 peace treaties, which everyone was broken. You see, the only part of God's creation that cannot sustain peace is His masterpiece of creation, us. And for me, that's quite a, quite a problem. If the, if the nature of God, the birds in the air and the animals in the field can live in, in ultimate peace, why can't we? If we as believers want to know what the most powerful attributes are that God gave us on this earth, we can just look where the enemy brings the most disorder. Think, think about it. If you want to know where the most powerful attributes of God is on this earth, just go and look where the most disorder is, where the enemy sows it. You see, things like communion, how churches fight about it. Things like baptism, how churches and religion fight about those things. Things like spiritual gifts or the power and the presence of God. See, all things that have stirred the most, the, the most conflict in the body of Christ. Why? If you, th if you look at the story of Martin Luther, how the Protestants and the Catholics killed each other because of freedom of religion literally killed each other if you were a protestant i was i was a catholic we, i would try to kill you because you are from the devil that's how ridiculous it is if you've never seen the movie um, uh, luther go and watch it it's actually quite startling how he nailed that 95 transcripts at the uh, or 92 93 i can't remember 95 transcript at the door of the catholic church of how they raised money in an in an absolute unrighteous way and they miss God in the presence of God, where people could buy their way into heaven. Where somebody can go to church, give the priest money so that his grandfather, who oh, he thinks he's in hell, he can buy himself back into heaven. That's how the Catholic Church grew and built all their buildings. You see, the enemy will derail the most powerful weapons that we have as sons of God on this earth by distracting us or get us to believe that, that religion is, is this or that. My theme today is peace. Our God-given weapon. Our God-given weapon. Did you know that peace can be a weapon in your life? See, peace can be a weapon in so many areas in our life. And I want to look at that today. See, if we look at from the beginning of time, we saw a pattern repeating itself. Let me show you. Genesis 1 says, The earth was formless, empty, and dark. There was disorder. So the Holy Spirit came and He hovered over the emptiness of earth. And God spoke and He started creating order. 
Do you realize that? You see, everywhere in the world we can see that where the enemy ran rampant, there was disorder. Times of Noah. There was so much disorder on earth, God had to bring order by a flood. Times of Sodom and Gomorrah, where Abraham and Lot had to flee because of disorder, of sin and darkness and unrighteousness. God had to bring order. You see, all through the Old Testament, you see all these patterns of there was disorder and God had to bring order. Disorder and God had to bring order. If you think about stress, anxiety, anger, and a place where, where, where there's no peace, it's a place of disorder. It's not how God created us to be. If you've ever had anxiety or stress, you don't feel, wow, I can just hear God's voice. No, there's disorder in everything you do. Go and, go and look um, at somebody who struggles with anger. There's disorder in his house because it's not an attribute of God. You see, I don't know if you guys know, but, but the chronic stress can shrink your prefrontal cortex. Chronic stress can shrink your prefrontal cortex and that's the part where you do all your memory and all your learning. Something happens to your brain in chronic stressful moments, in anxiety. See, stress and anxiety kills brain cells. It's proven. It changes the structure of your brain. It's proven. Not me, not the Bible, science proves it. And just looking at science, we can see that God did not make us to live a life of stress and anxiety. God made us to live a life of peace. To live a, a life of peace where it's one of God's most amazing attributes. See, it's all about agreement. It's all about agreement. Matthew 18, 19 says, Jesus comes and he says, where two or more agree on something, there my Father will do what they ask. And see, so it's all about what do you agree with on a weekly basis? Think about it. If, if, if stress comes in, you have to agree with it for that thing to oppress you. When anger comes in, you have to agree with that thing before it oppresses you. But then amazingly, Jesus came. And he finally set the reoccurring pattern to rest. And we all know how that happened. He came and he died on a cross. He came and he freed us from, from, from sin. And he walked out of the grave and defeated death. And he comes into John 14. He says the following, and this is almost how I feel this is the, 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 um, the central part or this, the, the central part of my sermon today. You can show the first scripture. John 14, 26-27, he says, These things I've spoken to you while being present with you. Now Jesus, sorry, just before I, Jesus said this before, after he stood up after, out, of, out of the dead, he appeared to the disciples as before he just he ascended to heaven and he said, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all things that I have said to you. Then he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I don't think it's coincidence where Jesus speaks about, I will leave you the Holy Spirit. And then he says, peace I will give to you. 
So what does the Holy Spirit bring? Peace. peace. The Holy Spirit comes with peace. It is a gift that God has given us. Some translation says, this gift of peace I give to you. You see, Jesus came and settled the power struggle on earth and placed us in authority with a godly rulership and in order. He gave us a re-inherited, re-inherited authority which the enemy stole from Eve and Adam. And Jesus had to come destroy the old covenant and the old inheritance of authority that, that was stolen by Adam and then give us a re-inherited authority as sons of God. And bringing order out of a place of disorder. See, God is a God of order, not disorder. Now, godly order is most of the time misunderstood. It is. If I speak to people about, now God brings order, I'm not talking from a religious perspective. Because that's probably what most people think. They think, we, we hear order and we, we see a judge on the seat yelling, order, slapping that, what do you call it, that thing, a hammer, yeah. But it's not that. It's not a standing with a suit and tie in a line order. I know, I'm not allowed to speak. It's not that kind of order that we think it is. It's a kingdom order. It's a kingdom context order. Look what Isaiah 9 verse 6 to 7 says. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then he says, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. No end. Now the government the scriptures speak about is not a political government. It's not. It sounds like that, but it's not. It speaks about God governing over our lives. He's got governance over your life, Steve. He's got governance over my life. I want God to have governance over my life. And what am I talking about? He governs by protecting me, by loving me, by providing for me, by helping me making decisions. You see, it's a governing that God gives over our lives. He governs or governs every step of my life and every step of your life. See, the more His government increases in our lives, the more peace we will have. Because we give over to Him. You see, when you try to fix things and try to perform things and try to do, 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 what happens? You start stressing. Because I don't know how I'm going to do this. Many people that I've counseled came to me and like, yeah, man, I'm so stressed. I, I, I don't know what to do. How am I going to do this? And then my answer is usually, you don't have to. Just give it over to God. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. About how long? Well, six months ago, our, our aircon of both of our cars broke. Both of our cars. And I don't know if you've ever stayed in Stellenbosch without an aircon. It's like Jesus helps us. I felt that I'm being baptized every time I'm just driving my car. So we've been trusting God, and it's like oh, maybe we just fill our gas, the aircon gas, and we took it in. They filled it. Next day it was broken again. It was just a struggle. And we took it in again and they find out there was a, a leak in the, in, the, in the evaporator of the car. 10,000 rand. I was like, oh Lord, how am I going to do this? That was, my, that was my thought. How am I going to do this? 
And then in that same day, my other little car's aircon broke. So now we had no car with aircon. And it's getting hotter, and it's getting closer to December, and we've been struggling. Luckily, it was a cold, coldish December. But winning into this January, February was like, oh Lord, what are we going to do? And, and, and we just gave it over to the Father. And by miracle today, both our aircons are fixed. 11,000 rand. We didn't pay a cent for it. We had a guy staying up the road from us, just parked next to me one night when I was cleaning my car and, and he was starting speaking to me about my car and then five minutes after it's like, well, don't worry, take it in, I'll fix it. I was like, what? You see, God does when we give things over to Him and stop trying to do things so that we can make it successful, peace comes. Peace comes. You see, peace doesn't come from success or money or promotions or feeling good about everything in life. Peace comes. It comes by the kingdom of God. Now, last week, I said peace is not the absence of something. It's the presence of someone. Peace is not the absence of, of, of this or that. and Oh, I just need to run away and have peace in the mountains. No, it's not the absence of something. It's the presence of someone. Who is present in your life? If I have the presence of God in my life, it means that I am in peace. There's a well-known scripture, Romans 14, 17. It's on there. And I've, I've used it a couple of times in the last month. It says the following, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's not something physically, but it's righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. You see, so Paul says, what does he say? He says that righteousness, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. A place of grace and right standing before the Father. He says, you are in right standing before the Father. You are in a place of grace before the Father. Of what Jesus did, not you. Not what you've performed, what you've done. It's because of what Jesus has done for you. See, that empowers us with peace. It empowers us in peace in a turmoil world. And it brings us to a place of joy. Just like water that has power over fire. Peace has the same effect over fear in our lives. See, it's dumb to let your house burn down with a fire extinguisher in your hand. You will run and start spraying the flames. Because the water that you're carrying has a bigger effect on the fire. But most of us are so caught up by anxiety and fear and anger in our lives that we forget about the power that we have in peace. So then how do we use peace that God gives as a weapon in our lives? It's a good question, isn't it? How do we do this? See, it's important to know that peace equals power. Peace equals power in the kingdom of God. See, one of the big reasons that the devil tries to steal our peace of the time is because peace equals power and he doesn't want you in a place of power he wants you in a place of being weak and powerless not strong and powerful the enemy wants us in a place where we feel weak we feel powerless we feel defeated because he knows that if you're there you won't function in the power of peace I had a conversation between a Sangoma and a pastor one day a Sangoma that was saved totally saved and the pastor asked this amazing question. He asked the Sangoma, I said, why do you guys always look so scary? You know, all these 
weird, scary head stuff, and they throw the bones. I know the, the, the new Sangomas is different, but, but I mean, it's all this weird, scary little hut that he has. And, and he said, well, it's easy. If I get people to fear, their hearts are open to be oppressed and to be cursed. See, that's my open door. That's the place where I can get in and do what I need to do. You see, fear is the open door to so many things in our lives. Fear opens doors in our lives where we get to a place of anger and we can't realize, how did I get here? Or how did I get to a place of burnout and anxiety or panic attacks? Because there's one moment where I opened the door in my life to fear and that thing started oppressing me and I started partnering with that thing and that thing started sh shifting my life around. See, fear and anger open the door to the enemy in our lives. And peace is the God that protects our hearts and our minds. It's the God. I always say, if you go to the, to the palace, in a, or Buckingham Palace in, in London, there's a palace God. They're standing and they, they're not allowed to move. Most of the time. So people agitate them too much. But they, they stand there and they guard. And you can't go past them because they will stop you. Now look what Paul says in Philippians 4, 6-7. One of my favorite scriptures in the New Testament. There's so many, but this is one of my top, top ones. I love this. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. How many of you have worried about something? All of us. How many of you have prayed about what you're worrying about? You know, sometimes. Sometimes we forget. Then he says, tell God what you need and thank Him for what He has done already. Thankfulness. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything that you can understand. See, the New King James says, don't be anxious about anything but with prayer and petition and thanksgiving, bring your request to God and He will give you the peace that transcends all understanding. All understanding. If you've ever seen peace, that doesn't make sense. I've seen it. Kingdom peace. Then He says, then His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Then His peace will guard your hearts and your minds. You see, peace is a God at the doors of our palace. It's a God at the doors of our palace. And without that God in the, in, at the doors of your palace, your palace and your life will be easily conquered. But Paul says, we can fire the gods at our palace door and the way to our hearts and our minds will be open to the enemy. You see, what happens when we lose our peace? We, we send the God on tea break. Now, if you've ever lost your peace, and you can't remember, like, how did I get there? But see, all we come to God in an intimate place of prayer and seeking Him in relationship, being in a place of joy, and He will give us a God at the door, and that God is called peace. That God is called peace in our lives. Let's look back at Romans 14, 17 again. It says that if we seek for righteousness with God rather than worry, we receive peace instead and life in Christ. Isn't that amazing? But if we lose our peace and step out of that place of righteousness, we open the door to the enemy. And we bring disorder. He brings disorder into your life. See, we have a choice every day of our lives. See, it's like... The taxi that drives in front of you. 
And you want to tell a couple of things to the taxi driver, or ESCOM's power goes off again. Or it stays off. Especially when Salome did homework this week, and as she had to walk out of the room and make supper, the power went off. She was not a happy camper. But she was in peace, I must say. <laughs> How many women has it? Or maybe world-threatening viruses all over the world, and we see all these things, and we worry about what if that thing comes to South Africa? How many people has not thought that? See, we open the door to the enemy through fear in our lives. Through fear in our lives. We have a choice every day. So what happens if that taxi cuts you off? And you want to put that car into second gear and just drive up to him and just tell him a few things. And as soon as you get there, you realize, like, I lost my peace two kilometers ago. And I stepped out of the kingdom of God into the kingdom of my anger and what I want to tell these guys. So how many times do we step out of the kingdom because of emotions? See, if you look at Romans 14, 17, it says, The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace and joy and Holy Spirit. Two-thirds of the kingdom is emotional. It's emotions that can shift us into a place where it opens the place and we lose our righteousness. So that's why it's so essential to not lose our peace, but guard it daily. Are you guarding your peace daily? Are you making sure when that thing comes that, that steals your peace, that you feel want to kill someone today? And just step out and say, thank you Lord, I'm not going to go into agreement with this thing. But I agree with your word that says, your peace comes whenever I ask it. I will not be anxious about anything, but I will pray about it. And then your peace will come that surpasses all understanding, Father. I don't have to understand. I just need your peace. I had some people who trusted God for miracles. Miracles upon miracles. And it is, they are so far in debt that it is scary. They just need to come and take everything and they are so much in peace. And people will come to them and like, how can you have peace in a time like this? I said, I don't know. I just have peace. See, that's peace that transcends all understanding. That's the kind of peace we need on a daily basis. So how do we war with peace? How do we use it as a weapon? Okay, let's go to Ephesians 6. The spiritual warfare chapter. And let's read this. It's on there. It says, Therefore put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Come on, we know the armor of God. So let's read on. It says, Then after the battle you will still be standing firm. So what is the goal? To stand firm in God. Put on that armor so that you can stand firm in God. And let's look at the next scripture. He says, Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Isn't it strange that Paul uses peace in the middle of a passage that's dealing with spiritual warfare? <laughs> Isn't that weird? First thing I thought is like, wow, that's, that's interesting. Speaking about peace in the middle of a chapter that's focused on how to warfare in the spirit. But it's actually not. See, the gospel of peace focuses on bringing the good news to others. Am I right? Yeah. And the enemy hates it. The enemy doesn't like it when we share the gospel. When we share the good news. You see, peace is a weapon that brings us or helps us to stand in a fight. To stand in a fight between darkness and light in our lives. 
and for the lives of others. That's what peace does. It helps us. It strengthens us. It helps us to stay standing in the times we feel, I, I can't stand anymore. Now see, Paul took this metaphor, metaphor from the Roman soldiers. I don't know if you have read about Roman soldiers, but many historians believe that Caesar's armies were so successful because of the shoes they wore. Did you know that? Now the, the, the soldiers' shoes had very thick soles. And it was tightened by thongs and straps. But the, underneath the soles, it had stubbles. Almost like cleats. Like a rugby or a football guy had. And they said um, when, they, when, they, um, when they had to move rapidly or go into a hand-to-hand combat, they were tremendously effective because of that. And they could walk tremendous miles much quicker than any other army because of the comfort of their shoes. And that's why, we, why they were so successful. You see, when we step into a fight with the enemy, we need peace as shoes to step into every fight. To move rapidly. To walk long distances. And stay in that power of peace. Does it make sense? Yeah. See, one thing I always learned in school when I was in a fight, to make sure you stand and never fall while you're in a fight. Yeah. <laughs> Don't fall. Why? Because then you have the lower ground. And it's not fun to be kicked. We, we had quite hectic brawls. I was actually a, a very suit guy in, in, in school. I, I was just clever enough not to get into a fight. <laughs> but see, peace is our greatest weapon in a fight against the enemy. It is. It keeps us on our feet and it gives us the ability to move rapidly and to know how to go about when an enemy comes at us. God knew we will be in a spiritual battle, did you know? And He provided for us peace as a weapon. Now my challenge for us today and for every Christian and for, for, for every man and woman and for myself is that most Christians focus to get their own peace. I just want to make sure that I've got my peace settled. But I want to challenge you to be peacemakers. To be peacemakers this week, this year, this month. Matthew 5 verse 9 in the Beatitudes says, Blessed are the peacemakers for what? For they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, of course, they, they will be called sons of God. I want, to be, I want to be called a peacemaker. I don't know about you. I want to have so much peace in my life that when I walk into a turmoil situation, I can bring peace. I said, no, no. Let's just, let's just bring objectiveness into this. Remember I said last week, high emotion, low clarity? Yeah. When there's high emotion flying around, there is no clarity to make good decisions. And I feel that if God calls us as peacemakers, it means that He has given us an objective view of things because we live from a place of peace. Not from a place of anxiety or fear. See, we are required to be peacemakers. If you are a Christian, if you are a believer, I believe God longs for us to avoid quarrels, to avoid strife. Why? Because they hurt our own witnesses to others. If you're the anger driver and the taxi guy and you, next week he's in church and you want to lead him to Christ, like, aren't you the guy who yelled at me? <laughs> that has happened to me a couple of times. Oh, Lord. <laughs> happened to my wife a couple of times. <laughs> and we're just like, Lord, thank you for your grace. Why is it always the people that offend you in town that you walk into them in church? It's like, 
Well, I can tell you God bless you, but man, I don't think you're going to believe me. But then we actually became great friends. And it's amazing how God just works. When we step into a place of strife and anger, it causes us to lose our power. And we can't afford to walk as believers in this world without power. We can't. If I am in a place of anger, without peace, anxiety and stress, it means I lose my power that God gives me in peace. And am I in that place that I give the enemy the full right to come and oppress me and bring disorder into my house, to my family? You see, Satan seeks to stir up strife between people because we walk in power only when we walk in peace. Do you hear that? See, the enemy wants to stir strife. He wants to stir, stir anger in your life because we walk in power only when we walk in peace. So how much in your life are you walking in peace? No matter how turmoil the situation, no matter how tough the situation, how much this, this or that person angers you, how much do you agree with that anger? And come in agreement. Sometimes I can feel anxiety comes. It's a spiritual force. And I would just say, sorry, uh, I don't agree with you. I don't partner with you. I don't have, want anything of you. Thank you, Jesus, that I partner with you. I'm in agreement that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And therefore, I have the power of peace that resonates in my life. So thank you. By the, that time, that thing is gone. What did I do? I made a decision not to partner with the enemy, but to partner with God. Or just place a stamp on it and said, thank you, Father. This is where I am. And that's what God has called us to do, is to, to step away from the places where we come in agreement with the enemy and step into the agreement with God that says, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In what Jesus done, He has brought me into right standing with the Father. See, pursuing peace is the most of the times means that you have to take effort. It's not always easy. You have to take effort to live in peace. To make sure that I'm in peace today. When I wake up in the morning and I feel something is not right, something is off, then I would usually go and I would ask, okay, Father, what is this? What is this that is derailing my peace from you? And I will just come back into agreement. See, we cannot maintain peace only by our own fleshly effort. We need God, we need His grace, we need Him every day. Jesus said in John 15:5, apart from me you can do nothing. Yeah. You can do nothing. Stay connected to the vine. Stay connected to me. If you stay connected to me, it means that you will not go into agreement with any of the stuff that the world and the enemy wants you to agree with. Yeah. See, peacemakers aggressively pursue peace in any situation and in any relationship. See, they don't just hope or pray for it. They pursue it. They pursue it. I, I pray that God will stir something in your hearts that will make us pursue righteousness and peace. And not what the enemy wants us to pursue. I want to invite you to renew your mind today that peace is my weapon. It's not a tranquil state that I want to be in. It's a weapon we can function from. When I walk into a situation, sometimes I call into a situation, sometimes I text into a situation, and I come and I establish peace. 
when you're leading something as a father of a house or maybe a mother who's leading her children you carry the peace of God what are you ushering in sometimes I come home and I had a turmoil day I had a really tough day I can feel that oh man I don't feel myself I would sit in the car and put the worship music on for five minutes and make sure that I come back to a place where I can receive and experience God's peace because when I walk into that house as a father I usher in what I have what are you ushering into your house into your ministry into places and relationships that is where we need to be and trust God to usher in the power of peace to renew our minds and to not agree with the enemy amen let's stand together I want to pray with us today if you are here this morning and and you feel that man Henny, this has been a struggle for me this has been a struggle in my life with anger and with anxiety and with stress it's something that we agree agree with on a weekly basis it's a default in our lives that derails us from God's plan in our lives and sometimes we just need to align things again to say father I've made this a default in my life I want to bring order in that area I just felt preparing for it this morning I felt that God says he's going to bring order into our lives to live from a place of peace and not anxiety not fear not stress and he's going to open our eyes to the defaults in our lives that pulls us away from from that place where we are in the kingdom or not so I want to pray with you if you hear I just want to close your eyes maybe just put your hand in your heart this morning so father we agree today that we bring order we align ourselves to your kingdom to that day where you have reset the pattern where the enemy bring this disorder you reset the pattern that says from now on there will only be order and Lord we align and agree today with order and with peace in our lives and our businesses and our ministries and our families and Holy Spirit we invite you to come now come and restore that place of order that place of peace in our hearts that thing that is stealing our attention distracting us from your goodness and we just come in alignment with that right now thank you for listening to our weekly sermon for more detail visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za